0: When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com put a Silverado in your toolbox.
1: Welcome to Apparently, the podcast for absolutely average parents. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm
0: Tracy Weiner. Ann and I have been friends for a very long time. We
1: met right after college.
0: Yeah, in our first jobs as radio producers. We spent our 20s
1: as wing women for each other, and it didn't work out very well.
0: But then, it did. And we found the right
1: guys and stood up in each other's weddings. And then we had babies within weeks of each other. So we went from producers to reproducers. We make it
0: look easy. We make it look good. Which brings us to this podcast. We want to discuss topics that interest us and you, and provide some knowledge to other average parents.
1: We're average, not experts.
0: So we'll tackle these topics
1: with people who know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, we'll get the experts. And I fully expect to embarrass myself along the way.
1: Yeah, after season one, I'm pretty sure we already have.
0: So welcome to Apparently. We
2: make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they stop and take a look.
0: Apparently, social media ain't going anywhere, folks. (laughs) Really? Yeah. uh, Shocker. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, House Party, YouTube, Whisper. Roblox. Oh, yeah. You name it. Our kids are surrounded 24-7 with social media apps and messages. Mm -hmm. It's how they communicate with each other, and kids are younger and younger when they are getting those cell phones. We talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. So we just really need to be vigilant and keep talking about the things that our kids are doing on their devices to protect them. Yep. About a
1: year ago, we got schooled. I particularly got schooled <laughs> by detective rich was about phones, apps, and cybersecurity. And since that podcast, we've had a bunch of people reach out to us and, um, we posted on our social media to see what questions people have. Um, we've asked, people have asked about cyber stalking on video games, social media threats, uh, Uh, Just a basic, oh my God, my kids are on devices all the time. Yeah, Um, in my house for sure. Yeah, so we decided to give Rich Wastocki a call and bring him back to talk about all things social media and gaming.
0: Yes, uh, child crime expert detective Rich Wastaki has dedicated his career to helping kids and parents like us. Um, He's an active cyber crimes detective. He educates police departments using cutting edge investigative techniques and helps parents and kids be res- responsible with digital activity. Welcome back, Rich.
2: Thank you, guys. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Mm-hmm. This time around, we thought we'd talk to you about um, how will how to have parents navigate social media and actually. You hear about digital citizenship all the time with their kids and classmates, um, especially as we start heading back to school soon.
2: Yes.
1: So how would you approach the topic of cyberbullying with your kids?
2: Well, first and foremost is, is our kids need to know two things when it comes to being parents. The first thing our kids need to know is that there is no such thing as privacy for children. Mm -hmm. Okay. So parents are responsible for their kid's technology all the way up until they're 18. Parents have this false sense of security and they suffer from a disease called the NMK syndrome. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, I remember. I
2: call the NMK and not my kid. My kid would never, you're right. Your kid would never do anything like that. However, With the pitfalls of them accessing Roblox, Minecraft, Whisper, all these new apps and games that are going on, we have parents thinking things like this. I would never buy my nine-year-old a cell phone. She's too young. She only has an iPad. And these are the things that parents think that I'm sorry, but they're so stupid. So, because every app... I'm just kidding, parents. I'm just making a joke. Yeah. Every app that I can put on an iPhone, I can put on an iPad, and when the parents make the mistake of allowing their children to char- charge their devices in their rooms at night, that's when they are risking their kids' innocence, which brings me to my second point when it comes to cyberbullying. Let's say, okay, that you are going to give into your your nine year old because everybody else has a Snapchat Mom, why like, can't I? Everybody's talking and I'm not and we want to give our kids everything I get it. But parents, do you realize that you have to be thirteen years of age in order to have a social network? So when you allow your child to lie about their age, let's face it, again, no offense, but your kids are not the best mathematicians out there. And so when they're setting up their apps and their social networks, they say, okay, hmm, I was born in 2008. How, what To what date of birth would it to be to be 13? Oh, heck with it. I'll just round up to 2,000. Now, when I go to schools across the country, I ask the kids, how many of you rounded up to 2,000? They all raise their hands. So, parents, how old are your kids now? Come on, do the math. How old are they today? 19. So when you have your eight and nine-year-old posing as 18 and 19-year-olds, who do you think is going to talk to them? Adults. Yeah. Who do you think they're going to talk to? Who do you think is going to ask them for pictures and videos? And musically, before they got taken over by TikTok, who do you, they didn't tell everybody that they, were, they opened up chat and file sharing to everybody in the world. Who in God's green earth do you think is going to send them pictures and videos?
1: Adults. What about this selfie culture that's been created? We just did a uh, podcast on selfie culture and the, a body image and kids. Yes. Um, my my ten year old uh, rearranged my phone and on she put my camera app in a folder called selfie because she thinks cameras are for selfies. What? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, what do you suggest parents say to their kids about this whole selfie thing?
2: So when I go out in the schools, I teach some up. Um an idea, a theory called the three P test. If I were to take a selfie and I want to send it out before I snap it or press send, if I were to show that picture or video to my parent, my priest, or my principal, (laughs) what would they say? If, If any one of those three P's would say, Oh, that's so cute and funny. Go ahead and do it. What's what you do if that's what you really want to do. But understand if any one of those three P's would be taken aback, disappointed, or it's like, I can't believe you would do something like that. That can come back to you in a sextortion issue.
0: So, last time we had you on, we talked about like um, sexting and cyberbullying on you know adults going after kids and chat rooms and so on. But in this particular episode, we kind of wanted to talk about um, kids in school and just what happens amongst their own peers. And sure. kids are kids can be mean and they make stupid choices and they're impulsive. Um, Just over the weekend, my friend was telling me about a high school girl who was at a sleepover, harmless like you'd think, and she left her phone out and she took a shower Mm -hmm. and the girls at the party or at the sleepover took Mm -hmm. her phone, took her phone, went in the bathroom, took a picture of her in the shower and snapchatted it. Is that that a word? They snapped it. Um, And the girl was publicly humiliated and it completely ruined her because she was mentally like humiliated she yeah, didn't absolutely. want to trust press charges against the girls that did it because she was worried about what would happen in school like with the girls that she you know mm-hmm. got in trouble yeah. what what this seems like a common story where kids are taking phones from other kids what what do you say about that yeah, or how can
2: absolutely we- so so first and foremost the collateral damage from my two boys was that because I was a juvenile detective for 30 years, uh, we had no sleepovers. They could not go to any sleepovers ever. What? But yes, because wow. when I came in Monday morning, do you know what kind of cases I got? Aching, criminal damage, car hopping, garage shopping, um, theft. You know what that was a result of? What? Sleepovers.
1: Sleepovers. Shut up, so, really?
2: Yes. So when, now I had sleepovers at my house. My wife and I love to go to Kirkland's, right? So uh, we have this cool basket when my boys were 10, 11, and 12 years old. We kept the basket by the front door. If, they, if you want your kid to come to my house for a sleepover, phone in the basket. <gasps> nice. No, no phones in my sleepovers. Because what does a sleepover look like now, guys? Four kids in a room and one he has in each corner and they're all in their phones. This is a sleepover. That's,
0: yeah, they're just cohabit they're right next, they're sitting next, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So what we do is that we would tell the parents, here's here's my cell number, here's my wife's cell number, here's my home phone, if you need to get in touch with them, you call us, if they need to get in touch with you, we'll call them, but the phone is going to be powered off in the basket, I don't care. And we'll get some kids like, well, I need it. Look, if you don't want to be in the sleepover and put your phone in the basket, you can turn your sorry ass and go back home. So. <sighs> Um, it, it's so important that parents take their reins on this because I am not going to have another boy when one of them falls asleep, somebody takes a picture, or maybe they're peeing in the bathroom or taking a shower. The- That's not going to happen in my house because are their friends in January, the same friends in September? Absolutely not, especially when they're hanging with another group they didn't like. Yeah, They're going to use that picture that was taken at my house that kicked that victimized in my house. It's not going to happen. So the
0: phone's in the basket. I, I, I could totally see myself doing that. In fact, this weekend, we were up at my parents' house in uh, for the weekend, and everyone had a phone. And when it was, they were sleeping in the bunk room, <laughs> and you know the, the house, they were all sleeping in the bunk room. I go, give me your phones. And t- yep. the kids were like, what? And I'm like, no, give me your phones. You're not going to have them in here. And yeah, they were like, what? What? And I'm like, they're safely charging upstairs on the kitchen counter. You, you right. Don't worry. They'll be there when you wake up. But no, you're right. not going to have it in there. And they looked at me like I had four, four heads. Yeah. And,
2: and let me tell you what that translates to. Okay. So my boys go to Lockport High School, right? They did. And right before graduation, they have this huge formal dinner dance with all the seniors. Well, when my older son went to this event, he was the soccer team captain. So he had all of the soccer players at his table, and their dates. So when they all sat down, he took the bread basket. And he said, "Hey, one piece of bread. Come on, happy bread. Happy bread. Happy bread. Happy bread. bread." When the bread was gone, he dumped it over. He goes, "Everybody put their phones in the basket." And they're like, "They're like what?" And these are seniors in high school. If you're not going to put your phone in the basket, you can leave my table now. Wow. So that was his table because he was the captain. So they put the phones in the basket. They. He put the phones underneath the table, and they had a fantastic time. They lived. Dancing, talking, singing, dancing on the tables. It was fantastic, he said. Yeah. So what we do as parents will definitely translate to what they do in adulthood.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Well and I have to do another confession. Um we had someone spend the night with my girls a week or so ago and I I do make the kids charge their phones downstairs. This was an exception, uh just because it was just an exception. And um the next day I went through the messages and they were texting each other waiting for me to go to bed so they could go downstairs and eat. Yeah. And I was, yeah. they were texting at midnight between each uh, other in the room. Laying next to each other? Yes. About, <laughs> can we
0: talk yet? Can we talk yet? Oh, Is my your gosh. mom asleep yet? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I learned that. I learned that one. So I'm doing
0: research for today. In doing research for today, um, I was looking, and it says that bullying usually stops pretty quickly when peers intervene on behalf of the victim. Well, in the case of that high school girl who didn't want to say anything, they're they're fearing retribution or whatever. What supports or guidance can we give the kids to help report? or stop the negative things that are happening on Snapchat and Instagram? Like lots yeah, of kids so, don't want to speak up. What would, what would you say? So we
2: need, so when, when I go to schools, my job is to empower them not to be victims in this particular case. Now, now you have to understand that kids have a really skewed uh, vision of what it is when a kid gets in trouble. So in, in, in law enforcement, we created something called a station adjustment. It's in our Illinois laws and there's, There's laws about diversion all over the country. But I created a program called JuvenileJusticeOnline.org, JuvenileJusticeOnline.org, where kids will get consequences instead of arrest. And they'll have to do research papers. They have to watch one of our videos and take a test. They have to do community service. They have to write a letters letter, self-esteem counseling. But not only do the kids get consequences, their parents get consequences too. So the parent will have to watch a ninety minute video as of what their responsibility is to, to the kids' technology. Wow. They have to take yes, they have to take away their kids' devices and we give them free monitoring software to work to, to so they can watch their kids remotely because they're responsible. So we have a relationship with WebWatcher, we have a relationship with My Mobile Watchdog, we will soon have a relationship with BART and they give us free codes to put in the kids' devices. So the parents, because they messed up the time and made a mistake, then what happens is the parents are now schooled and, and trained on how to watch their kids so this doesn't happen again. Right. The success of Juvenile Justice Online, we just did a huge study, 83% after the diversion, the kid will never commit a crime again.
1: 83%. That's great. 83%. That's high. We That's great. A
2: 15, we have a 17% recidivism rate. Wow.
1: Wow. And you just so, mentioned, you mentioned Bark. I wanted to say, Tracy and I just joined a group on Facebook called Parenting in a Tech World, and that yes. is actually sponsored by Bark. And so when I put out there that we are going to talk to you, they were like, oh, yeah, we know him. So
2: <laughs> that, yeah. that was good. Yeah, we're, we're in, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on being their brand ambassador. Oh, good. So what that means is I will bring their product to all my parent presentations just to, just to show, like I do with Mobile Watch and Web Watcher, just to show parents and educators how this works and why it's so important that when a kid gets in trouble, the parent needs to be watching that. You know what I mean? They need to, they need to have that training. And so getting back to your question about school starting, um, parents really should look, look out because so many schools are going to Chromebook now, right? And, uh, in Chromebook you are safe at school, but most of the time they're not safe at home. Using their home IP, so they are doing all these dangerously things with the school device, talking to predators on a school device, and that they don't have it set up where they have to sign in VPN into the school's IP. They don't go anywhere,
0: right? Because you're on your your home network. The schools, yes. most what, what, schools have it hooked up, so it would it would weed that out, correct?
2: Uh, most of them, but then there are places where the kids go, and they look it up on YouTube how to get around. And going going to a VPN, and, and they they figure it out. But those schools who have a service called Go GoGuardian Go Guardian is the best software to be put on a Chromebook, and that's done by the schools. And it's like five, I don't know five or seven dollars per Chromebook. But you are talking about parents will then have the ability because not only does it monitor. What happens at school, but it monitors also what happens at home. Parents can go into the school and say, "I want to see what my kid was doing the last two weeks on on this Chromebook," and then they will give you a full report of everything that kid did, hmm. which is so important for for parents to have. Because, like, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a story. So, when we first went to Chromebooks about four years ago, um, when my kid transferred to high school, I told my wife, I said. Do not allow him to go in the basement or his bedroom with his Chromebook. If he is going to do his homework, make mm-hmm. sure it's at the kitchen table or in the study, no mm-hmm. devices in the basement. So I came home work late from work one night and it was like 1230 at night. And I was like, where's, where's that? He's in the, be- he's in the basement studying. I said, "With this Chromebook? Yeah. So I went downstairs, I did a sneak attack. And then I tiptoed to the back of the couch and I saw he was, he was on Hangouts. So for those of you who don't know, Chromebook comes with a service called Google Hangouts. Mm-hmm. Google Hangouts is like house party. You can have two to six to eight different kids in a video chat sign. And what are they doing when they get together late at night? They're playing truth or dare. Oh, wow. <sighs> so it's so important for parents to be educated. It's so important that, you know, Parents go to the tech night, right? They go to tech night for about an hour when school starts. But they don't mention to them, the questions are not asked, is my kid safe at home using their Chromebook? Are there filters in place? And they should say they're, they're safe while they're in school, but it's up to you to police them. That's their way out. But no, if they have a, a service like GoGuardian, they can then pull it and, and pull the information of what they're doing at home, too.
1: So, Rich, so if, if the kids have Chrome... But it's not on a Chromebook. Let's say they they're using the Chrome, the web browser, web browser, right? So, yeah. is yeah. there a way to use Go Guardian on a, uh, a Mac? What do you? Yes, about? like yeah, on, okay. so yeah. Can I put? Uh, go you G- actually,
2: yeah. Uh, you actually wouldn't need to because if the parent has their screen name and password to their kid, all they have to do is hit the three dots, go to history, and see the history.
1: Yeah. But that but were. it won't give us live updates if if someone's doing something wrong.
2: Right. But there are I mean there there is software out there that we put on a Mac like WebWatcher uh, that you can see all that stuff remotely.
1: Ooh. Okay. Um, let's go back to the kids now. So um in your experience, we're talking about cyberbullying and between the kids. We've heard about fake Instagram posts. Uh, one of, one of our listeners asked about an aggressive fake Insta. So someone created an account in his kid's name and then was yes. posting terrible things. Um, yes. and I've heard about, um, Snapchat messages and accounts. We, what, what are yes. you seeing? And is it, it's no longer just like, Someone accessing, let's say my kid has Instagram. It's not someone accessing her Instagram and posting things. It's someone creating a, an entirely new yeah. identity and yes. and putting her name on it, right?
2: Yeah. So the first thing you need to know is that if that's a crime, Okay. and the crime is called false personation in Illinois. Okay. So in Illinois, false personation is that when you take anybody's information uh, using their picture, name, or their likeness and doing it to hurt their reputation or injure their reputation is, is a legal term. Uh, that's a crime. So the second thing that parents need to know is that when it comes to gaming and social networks, no one online is anonymous, that we can find out who anybody is in the gaming world or the um, social networking world. Okay. So what we need, we need, we need several things as law enforcement. First, we need screen captures of everything, screen captures of the fake profile, screen captures of the messages of the pictures of the videos, and print them out and make them a file. The second thing you need to do is to get the user ID. If we don't have the right user ID, we cannot do the case, okay, so we have to have the user ID, a screen capture of it. Third, if you're going to report it to the police, do not do not report that fake account to the social network because if it violates their terms of service, they may delete the account. And then when you come to us, the police, file a report, we go send that preservation to that subpoena. What are we going to get back? Nothing. No records found.
0: Oh, so don't resist the temptation to try to, like, mitigate it yourself. Like, no, just- If you're,
2: if you're going to report it to the police, do not report it to the social network. Fourth. I need that that child or that parent to type out a detailed type statement from start to finish as to what happened. Specifically, and now I need all that information, guys, I need to put on a flash drive. Not one flash drive, two flash drives, Because sometimes police lose stuff. So you have to have one for backup. So I need everything printed out. I need everything printed out and I need everything put on the flash drive. When that police officer comes out, you have to understand this concept now. It's really important for parents to understand this. A lot of police departments do not train their patrol officers on how to take a cybercrime report. Hmm. Sometimes that patrol officer, because like when I'm teaching police officers all over the country, I make this joke. I'm like, all right, some of your police departments have police officers who work really, really hard at not taking a report. And they all laugh, and I'm like, how many of you guys have one of those? And they all raise their hand. Because some police officers will blame the victim for being there, for example, in a, sex, in a, in a sexting or a sextortion sex case. Some police officers will actually go to the house because they don't know what they need to take. They don't know the backstory, They don't know. And they'll be like, well, wait, you want this report? Okay, if you want me to take this report, I'm going to arrest your daughter, too, you still want the report. Really? Because your daughter's the one who took the pictures.
0: Uh. Yeah.
2: Or they say, we don't have anybody here going to have to call the FBI. Or we don't have anybody to investigate. This is a real thing. And why does that happen? It happens because police departments are not training their police officers in cyber. So what I do is that I have a 15-minute roll call video that I give to police friends that come to my classes. And I have them share it with every police officer. And then I have a cheat sheet for them to show them exactly what to look for and what to ask. So... It's so important that police departments are trained, okay? First and foremost, there's a couple things I didn't answer, didn't say that you need to know. Some of your moms out there watch way too much CSI and Law and Order. <laughs> they just watch way too much. And what they do is because they watch a TV show, when their child comes to them and says, Mom, I think a predator's talking to me, they take over their kid's device. And because they watch TV shows, they think they become that detective who can do all this stuff. What I tell kids is never, ever, never, ever tell your, let your parents take over your account to you because they will entrap the suspect that's happened twice to me in my career. I get a call from dispatch. I'm doing something in the field and they want me to go to Starbucks because this mom had caught a predator for me. And I'm like, tell her I'm not coming. Grab a plate. I'm not doing that. Did you know 98% of the show to catch a predator all those predators that they had in the TV show, they were all dismissed.
1: Because were, it was entrapment.
2: It was entrapment. Oh, we no. We don't talk about sex in our cases. We don't send them inappropriate pictures or videos. We don't set them meat. We don't see what we're going to do to them sexually. We don't do that because under, under our Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, we have special training to do these cases. And we do not advocate parents doing this stuff just Grab what I told you to grab. Now, there's one more thing. I don't know why people do this, but they do it anyways. Once they report something to the police, they will get back on the social network or or texting platform, and they will text the bad guy. Ha, 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 we just went to the police. Sucks to be you. Why would you tell them you just went to the police? You're ruining their case. I know you want to give them the big send-off, right? But let us do that. When you read about their arrest in the papers, that's going to be your send-off, but... People do this all the time. They tell the bad guy that they went to the police. So what's the bad guy going to do?
0: Yeah, it sounds like self-sabotage like that.
2: Yeah, they do that. And then, they, you know, they want to give the middle finger to the guy. But, again, you're risking this case. They're going to throw stuff away. They're going to delete it. We have not done preservation yet. So we were going to lose big evidence to the case. So these are the main five things that, Parents need to know when they report it, but we empower the kids in school because no one has the right to make them do something that they don't want them to do or make them feel bad about themselves. And I show kids how we investigate internet crime and that no one online is anonymous, that we can find out who anybody is doing this. And this empowerment, I don't know what happened last year, but every school I taught, I taught at in April and May, a girl came forward. A boy came forward, saying that they were being victimized. Every single school I went to.
0: Yeah, it's a big because deal.
2: That, yeah, that empowerment. They need to know that. So that girl who had her pictures taken in the shower, right, at the sleepover. Any one of my students would have been like, "Oh hell no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out who this is." I know I talked to Tech Wosaki. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I know who was there. I know what house it was. And I'm gonna find out who this. And, and parents need to be vigilant in this and listen to their kids. Because we can find out who posted it. We can find out who made that account. It's very, very, very easy. But we need to have empowered parents, empowered kids. We need to show police officers how to take a cybercrime report. When we have those threes, those three things, the average internet predator could be anywhere from 14 to 80 years old. They can have 250 victims in their lifetime. If we are not stopping that by by hitting all three of these components, they're going to continue to flourish. If we continue to empower parents like you guys are, if we can continue to empower students like I do and continue to train our law enforcement, that will, will cut that statistic in half, if not eliminate it. Because now we have vigilant parents and we have vigilant kids.
1: Yep.
0: So as if my son didn't have enough games to play with Fortnite and everything Mm -hmm. else, he was asking for Roblox. And just recently I heard some mixed reviews about Roblox. Is there some trouble with Roblox?
2: Well, you can Google it. Uh, About six months ago, friends of mine from the ICAC in New Jersey arrested 24 men who were sextorting kids on Minecraft, Roblox and Fortnite. And you have to carry this a little bit further because when they go to Discord... We are just going to ask about Discord. <laughs> what
0: the hell is Discord?
2: Yeah, so when you go to Discord, Discord is a chat platform for all of these games. So kids can recruit other kids to play with them. They can they can transfer pictures and videos to each other. They talk about the games. There's chat rooms in it, whatever game that they're playing. It's not just those three. There's All of them are in there. So parents don't understand when they see Discord, that's where all the chat goes on, and predators will go where the kids are. Right, and they're in Discord. So much so, the New Jersey State Police arrested twenty-four of them who were using gaming platforms and and sexually extorting um, or exploiting them in Discord. And
1: I heard about a, a girl who was killed by someone she met on Discord. Sure, she, she was murdered. That was just sure. recently, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah. Is, is Roblox part of that? Do people? Yes. Okay, so Roblox is. If our kids want to play Roblox, then we have to make sure they know that they're not supposed to be interacting with strangers.
2: Yes. Yeah, so here's 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 why this happens. So the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children has programs has it has a program that runs in the background of every social network, gaming platform, and cloud service. When there is inappropriate chat with a child, this program flags, it's not owned by the National Center, but it's a program that a lot of these to be COPA compliant, it has a lot to do with COPA and has a lot to do with keeping kids safe using their using their platforms. They have a reporting service. So if there's an appropriate chat, it'll flag a security agent from that company will look at it and then they will send it to the National Center of Missing Exploited Children. The National Center of Missing Exploited Children not give the IPs, the telephone numbers and the emails along with it, who is doing this to the child the national center had, does a background on the users and it gets, it gets that when they reach it, um, the end of their investigation, they then give it to one of 5,000 people like me to investigate it as a cyber tip. Okay. Okay. So when our kids are being victimized, they even know that they're being victimized. There is software in the background uh, doing this. Now the biggest, the first red flag I show kids in my class is that when someone tries to take you off your gaming platform or private chat, or gaming platform or your social network to private chat, such as Skype, such as Kick, because Kick is in Canada, such as WhatsApp, the reason why they do that is they know that those programs are not running in those systems because they're out of the country. Yeah. <sighs> and nobody's monitoring. So that's the first red flag. If someone takes, because if they have something to say to you, why not say it on the game, right? Right. Or why not say it in Discord? And so what happens is when they take them, and the predators know that this program is running, so how they're not going to get caught, take them to a uh, peer-to-peer or a um, program that's out of the country, such as KIC in Canada, and they can they can sexually exploit that child all day long and nobody's going to say anything.
1: Okay, okay. I, I wanted to do a, a basic question one of our uh, listeners had, and, and she just said, what are the signs your child is being bullied? Is there, I mean, you've talked about, People coming forward when you when you talk at the schools or whatever. But is there something a parent should look for um, that isn't too obvious?
2: Yeah, I mean, being withdrawn, um, staying in their rooms, um, being hyper aggressive or hyper withdrawn. Uh, but the biggest thing, if you think that something's happened to your kid, monitor. So I was training in Yakima, Washington. I was training research officers, um, how to investigate cyberbullying and sexing cases. And I had a judge and a couple of prosecutors in my class. And the judge said, you know, on a break, she goes, Rich, after Parkland a shooting, I had about 10 copycat cases in my, in my courtroom. She goes, how do I know that? That kid is safe to go back to the school, and so well, they do evaluations, right? He goes, yes, she goes, yeah, but the evaluation is only as good as the evaluator. He says, if you want to know this child, this juvenile's deepest darkest secrets, you have to do a court order and to forensically examine their cell phones, their computers, and their social networks. When you do that, you will know their deepest darkest secrets. Right. That's and a laborious.
0: Said, that, that that takes a lot of time. <laughs>
2: No, not really. Really? Not really.
0: No. You can, you can get that turned around quick.
2: Absolutely. Okay. So, Mike, when we had a case, we had a case. There was going to be a shooting at North Central College by a school shooter. Uh, the guy's name was Aiden Khan. You can Google it, Aiden Khan Arrest. And he said there was going to be body bags in the street. He said he brings a gun to school every day. So North Central called us in. Within two hours, I had him identified. Within three days, we were executing search warrants in Madison, Wisconsin. So when death or great bodily harm is about to be committed in their school threats like this, we can find out that information within hours.
0: So we had another question from uh, a mom who said, with all the apps out there and and um, taking pictures of themselves and apps are stealing our kids' faces, what does that mean and what can be done about it? Like, you know, all you know, face... Um What's the latest one on Facebook? The Face, Facebook? App. The Face, Face app. app, yeah, and all these different, all these different apps that are taking the information from about mm-hmm. the kids. Would do, is there anything like? Do you have an opinion about that? About what what the kids are using and taking pictures of themselves?
2: Yeah, I mean, it all comes, it all comes down to uh, three different uh, philosophies. The first thing we need to discuss: three P test, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. we did that one. Yep.
2: Yeah, the, the second thing you have to understand is the technology talk with your child. That if things start going sideways, you know, they have to be able to report to you. Because since parents are allowing their kids to pose as eighteen and nineteen year olds, we have to see what that profile is. We have to see what they're putting out there and have a talk about them. Have have talked with them about what they're posting. That's all part of technology stuff. And the, the the action of the golden ticket rule what the golden ticket says is that, you know, before mom and dad were saying, if you do this, I'm going to ground you. If you take any bad pictures, tell people where we live. I'm going to take your phone away. You're not going to see your friends. We, we can, in technology, we cannot threaten our kids into compliance. And I described it in my TED Talk. So for those of your listeners who want to Google, Rich Wistocki, TEDx, um, I explain all that and how that happens. But, but our kids need to be able to, um, come to us when that happens. The only way they know to come to us, if you talk to them about their technology, look, if somebody makes you do something you don't want to do or makes you feel bad about yourself, you need to come to us. Even if you know mom and dad wouldn't approve, we're going to give you that golden ticket. And what that golden ticket says, there's not going to be any consequences. We're not going to take your device away. We're not going to keep you from your friends. But in order to make you safe, you need to come to us so we can handle what goes on. Because they haven't been there all that long. My parents said, so, they know exactly what to do. And the third principle is monitoring. You know, I'm vetting out Bark, and um, I'm getting these alerts on this account that they set up for me. I'm getting alerts every day as to this fake account posting stuff, and it works really great Even in the world of busy parents. Bark allows, the, it goes through their um, dictionary, and when there's a hit on it, we can actually look in what that kid is posting. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Some bark. bark I'm,
0: I'm going to check out Bark. I have heard a bunch about that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just the stories that we hear, you know, with with school and stuff. Like, I I just wonder these kids are doing stuff that they they're like, oh, it's just I was just joking, and it's like, no, yeah. no, well, you, you weren't. Violence,
2: there is no joking. There they will there will be search warrants executed on their homes, uh, search warrants on their person, and there's no joke. There is believe me. There is no joke when it comes to school violence. Right. And I'm teaching a new class to law enforcement and school officials identifying intercepting school violence. And it goes from preservation, that's in circumstance, within an hour, you find out where it came from. And within a day or two, we're executing search warrants, like knocking down your door and taking your stuff. That's what we're doing.
0: Wow. Well, that's great. There, you know, keep it up. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't need more headlines. So, yeah. No. Uh-uh. Thank you so much, Rich Wasaki with Be Sure Consulting. You travel all over the place, um, educating parents and law enforcement and students. So we really appreciate all that you do.
2: Yeah, and and again, we just released a new program called CyberParenting 101com dot com. Uh huh. do you have to have the dash CyberParenting 101com dot com? And it's a twelve hour class for parents That's that you can take at your leisure. I, I took all my trainings, and I put them into one place, and they're just ten to fifteen minute vignettes with quizzes. And sure. then you go through the whole, the whole thing.
1: Is that something we should do with our kids, or is that something we should hide from our kids?
2: You never want to hide that from your kids, especially monitoring. Like that is the quickest way to destroy the parent child relationship. Is if you try to do this behind their back. Okay. You should definitely have a conversation. Look, I own this phone, I own the service, and I own you. Right. Right. And <laughs> if you give me a reason. To go check, I'm gonna check. If your A's go to Cs and D's, I'm checking. If you're an hour late from curfew, I'm checking. If you're acting do different, I'm checking because I know the answer is in that phone.
1: Yeah. Right. That's good to know. Well so yes. thank you so much, Detective Rich Wistocki. Um you are welcome, guys. You're, you're a great one to talk to.
2: Thank you so much. Thank Have you. A great day. you. Okay. okay bye bye.
0: <sighs> so apparently parents <laughs> we need to stay informed and on top of all the stuff like all the time. Yeah. Because, frankly, uh, every time I think I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel good about it. And then I'm like, oh, there's this new thing. (laughs) The target moves all the time.
1: Yeah. And you never know which thing is dangerous and which isn't.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, I didn't even know what Discord was. now, But now I've seen it in, like, all kinds of articles. So, yeah. So, We better go check our kids' devices. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Special
1: shout out to everyone who's been faithfully following our podcast. We'd love for you to share, Apparently, with your friends and family.
0: Yeah, we'd be thrilled if you left a review for us on iTunes. Pretty please. Please, please. Your opinion matters and and helps spread the word to others. Yeah. So this is a WGN Plus podcast. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Thanks for listening to Apparently.
2: We make it look easy. We make it look easy. I see